Doncic pulls up, three-pointer. Bang! Bang! It's good! Doncic wins the game at the buzzer! For Tyler Durbin, is super reliable inside of 40. This is for 45, it's blocked! When 6.15 hits, nothing is off the table. This is No Boundaries with Zach Donaldson and Connor Griffin, live on Com Radio. What's up, Danger? Like, what's up, Danger? Can't stop me now! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, into No Boundaries. Connor Griffin, Zach Donaldson, live here on Com Radio, as I just realized, and Zach just realized, the microphone that he's using was all the way across the room, so he just had to swirl that <laughs> one over. Where am I supposed to talk? I was stretching during the uh, during the intro because, yeah, I, I'm, we were talking before too. I'm just so tight. I have an IM playoff basketball game after this, and I need to I need to get a little bit loose because right now I am not cutting it. But Connor Griffin here, of course, joined by Zach. Now that we're all set, I'm a little bit more stretched out. He has his microphone. Zach, how are we doing today? You doing all right? Not too bad. I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as you are, though. It's like we were talking before the show. We're getting old. We got to start stretching before we we work out. We even like walks to class sometimes. Twenty minute, twenty five minute hikes. Yeah. Got to start stretching. It's it's important. It's funny they hammered it into our heads when we were younger. We're like, ah, we don't need that. But now you now get older. It's like, oh yeah, like it's definitely beneficial. And um, but yeah, outside of that, I have a test later. Stressing me out. But we're gonna put all that aside for right now. An hour of just straight fire sports content. We've got a lot of good, st- a lot of good stuff to talk about. Yeah, we definitely have some fun stuff to start with, being that we're talking about James Harden and the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, of course, James Harden played his first game with the Sixers on Friday night. They were in Minnesota. They won 133-102. to And Minnesota is, I mean, I don't want to say they're the best team in the league because obviously they're not. But they're a pretty solid team. I Playoffs. think they, yeah, they're a playoff team Six, in the West. Seed, yeah, yeah. Um, six or seven seed, as you said, and they've beaten some really good teams this year, including the Sixers at home. When I'm saying when the Sixers were at home, um, now this time Sixers go on the road and they dominate them, and it was in large part due to James Harden and that addition uh, fit perfectly into the offense. Put up a double double. Joel Embiid put up a double double. Tyrese Maxey, I think, had 28 points in that game. Yeah. Uh, the trio, Maxi, Harden, Embiid, you saw in that first game, whoa, this could be scary. So we'll start with that game before getting into Sunday against the Knicks. Yeah. Overall, where were you? What was your headspace when you were watching that game? I felt the best I've ever felt watching the Sixers. That was an unrecognizable basketball team. Uh-huh. It was like maybe I, I think like the first two minutes in, they swung the ball around the horn, and I think somebody hit a, a, a three in the corner, vitamin maxi. And I just stared at the TV and like all oh, my jaw dropped. Like, what was that? I have never seen just that preciseness, the movement uh, off the ball and um, the ball movement actually uh, to, to find the open man. And like you said, immediately you could just tell that this is a different team with James Harden. Not just like X's and O's on the court, but just I feel like the energy. You could just yeah. tell. Whole team just invigorated. 
by by James Harden and and what he brings to the table. And as far as him, uh, you know, the debut was better than I could have imagined. Twenty seven points, eight rebounds, twelve assists. Narrowly missed a triple double, but he was really just extremely efficient, unselfish, and like I said, the whole team was just you know energized by by his presence. But the biggest thing for me, which is kind of the biggest thing that I was worried about, is the effort because I watched him in Brooklyn. Right, just wasn't there, and it just he didn't seem like he was the same player. But he's only thirty two, you know. That's he's you know getting up there, but. Still not like older. People are saying he's he's not washed. his twentieth year in the league. Yeah. yeah, he's washed. I was like, what are you talking about? And and the effort level was night and day. You saw it immediately. Just getting everybody involved and and really putting his putting his prints on the game. And the, the funny thing is, I I saw the the Nets and the Sixers live uh, December. I was it December oh, or January. I remember that in yeah. New York. Yeah, um, in Brooklyn. My girlfriend and I went and. It was funny because that might have been James Harden had a phenomenal game, put up a triple double. That might have been the best I've seen him play in a Nets uniform. So I'm just putting two and two together, like, oh, maybe he wanted to show out for you know the the Sixers and and Daryl Morey. You know, he had that in the back of his head. I don't know, maybe. But you know, I just I just thought that was phenomenal. Um, I I could go on and on. And Bede was so open, he didn't even know what to do. And he said it after the game. He's like, man, I've never been that open in my career. Yeah. And. Like and then Maxi too, like he was kind of somebody I was like kind of a little bit worried about. Like oh he would have to take a uh, a back seat, like a a smaller role with Harden in there. No, if anything, it's enlarged. Like he's he's he doesn't even have to. All he has to worry about is scoring now. Yeah, and just playing fast and you know and just he's scoring because Harden you know is the facilitator, the the point guard, the leader on offense. And I thought he looked just. Phenomenal. He's flourishing. Uh, I mean, I could go. I could go on and on, man. I, I really could. That's just like I feel like I'm living a dream. Yeah. Well, you brought up the uh, the facilitator thing. Obviously, my opinion of Ben Simmons has soured, but I will acknowledge that in the open court, I love Ben Simmons facilitating mm-hmm. the basketball, running the break. Whether he's you know drawing attention, or he's able to you know drive inside for a layup or a dunk or whatever, or I, I think his vision is among the best in the league, mainly because he is so tall. He's, he's the tallest point guard there is, six ten point guard. Um, but when it came to the half court, obviously he struggled a bit in terms of facilitating because he's very limited. If you're playing a stagnant defense and it's not like you're in transition or anything like that. So when it comes to James Harden, I think I underestimated how good of a facilitator he was. I was like, yeah, I like how we're getting Harden, but we do lose a very big facilitator in Ben. Obviously, Ben wasn't playing at all, so it wasn't like he was even on the team. But I was just comparing like how this team would be compared to last year uh, when Ben was playing and Ben was happy. I was like, uh, yeah, how is this team going to fare? We really don't have a solid facilitator. We may have an even better one now, though, in James Harden because both in the open floor and in the half court, it is insane how much he's impacting this offense. And they were throwing up stats nonstop where it's like, yeah, James Harden has scored or assisted on you know however many of the last however many points for the Sixers. 
Uh, and it was just nonstop these past two games where you just see, oh, my goodness, like his impact on this offense is so unreal just two games in. And on top of that, the Sixers now have three players who can create their own shot at any point. Harden, and you saw it many times, where other team would be on a, a huge run or we'd be late in the shot clock. And all he has to do is just do a little step back around the three-point line, and he, he's got an easy three that can kill momentum, can completely defeat the other team mentally. Like, oh, yeah, we played great defense for 23 seconds. This guy gets it up last second, and it goes in. Or, you know, yeah, we were on this huge run, starting to think that we got this momentum, and here comes James Harden, who just deflates it right off the bat. We have him. We have Embiid, who is the best scoring big man in this modern era, might be one of the best scoring big men in the history of the game in terms of how he's able to create his shot from so many different areas of the floor. Uh, and then Maxi, who has shown both three-pointers, driving. I I love his floater. I love his floater. Um, everything. He, he has been able to really improve his game and has been able to become a real asset offensively in multiple ways. So I would consider those three guys to be three people who can create their own shots at any time. And that is something that the Sixers have not had in a long time. Beautiful. I loved it. So yeah, that first game, 133 to 102, tied a season high in points scored. That was a season high in three-pointers made. And they had 30 assists on the night, which I think they've done now five times this year, and they're 5-0 and whenever they have 30 assists. Wild. That's a good stat. Yeah, I think it's going to happen a lot more now, too. I agree. So I, w- I was elated when I watched that game. Then we go into Sunday, and they go to MSG. It was a little bit closer than we would have hoped. Um, I remember I was watching the whole game up until the third quarter, cause, and then I had to go leave and pick up my girlfriend somewhere. Then I come back. And I'm like, wait, what, how is New York up right now? I, I I didn't know what was going on. For the most part, earlier in the first half, Sixers were able to maintain their ground and were able to get a little bit of a lead. And then, yeah, I come back after the, the third quarter ends. I'm like, oh, wow, like this is actually a game. But then, of course, later on, Sixers separate themselves. They end up winning 125-109. Uh, James Harden not only has a triple-double, but he's the first Sixer in franchise history to have, what was it, 25, 15, 5, and 5? I believe so. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because the he had the five steals in there yep. as well. Um, Harden doesn't play defense. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that that was just an unreal game. His highlight tape from that game alone was insane. Embiid has, what, 37 points? Um, 23 of them. 23 the of them from the free throw line. <laughs> unreal. Just, yeah, r- ridiculous, ridiculous. Good and stuff. you saw... Okay, yeah, these two are going to be a problem, yeah. like a real problem. Um, but, yeah, what, what were your thoughts about that game? Were, I mean, you, were you able to watch that? I was. I, I watched the whole thing. Yeah, cool. I woke up, got my breakfast. I was sitting there. I was yeah, ready yeah, yeah, yeah. Sunday. I Sunday like the early Sunday matinee basketball. Yeah, I really do. Me too. I, it surprised me. I looked at the schedule on, like, Saturday, and I was like, oh, my God, the Sixers play at uh, at 1 tomorrow. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, even I don't I, I don't want to say better. Where, I don't know. I just was still on that cloud cloud nine that that Timberwolves game had me had me feeling you're right it was a little closer but in the back of my head I I was telling myself all right it's all right the 
the starting five is going to come in at the end and they're going to they're going to pull away. Yeah. And they did. Um significantly more than I thought they would, but I mean that that's kind of that's kind of I like the point that you made where about the facilitator. I didn't think he was I knew he could pass the ball, but yeah. I knew he could get triple doubles, but like he's he's got some his passing has been off the charts. Well, also, isn't it's he been ridiculous? Isn't he second in the league in assists right now? Like I didn't even know that. I'm gonna look that up. Yeah, he. he I mean, he might be. He's yeah. definitely up there. Um, but yeah, that I I liked how I think what I've seen from James is that I do like what I've seen from Doc so far. There's been a little I could be nitpicky, but in terms of like rotating the players in and out, um, I think it's been I think it's been sufficient. But really, what I've liked in that sense is. I think Harden is kind of picking and choosing when he wants to like be a scorer right. and like when he wants to be a facilitator or you know w- like he knows what the Sixers need from him in that time and that just goes with that's part of that's such an underrated part about James Harden and Daryl Morey said it too he's a basketball genius and like I hear, I hear him talking in his in his interviews now and I haven't you know haven't paid much close attention to them in the past and you know I I get that you know I can kind of feel like he's definitely very knowledgeable, knows what he's talking about. And I, I think that's what really pulled the Sixers away at the end. He came in and Harden was like, okay, I need, you know, I got to be a superstar here and I got to, you know, lead, lead the team and, and get a get a big ballooning lead here. And that's exactly what he did. And obviously just you, you can't, like I said, you can't double Joel and you can't double Harden and you can't stop either of them either. Like they're, yeah. they're both two unstoppable players. And you can't double them, so you're you're gonna have to foul them. And I think I thought another huge part of that game was Jericho Sims and Mitchell Robinson both fouled out. Yeah, and Jericho Sims was having a really good he game was. beforehand. Yeah, he was. Didn't have any points, but he was doing a, a number on Embiid. He was making him uncomfortable at yeah. least. Um, but yeah, I I really like that. And uh, if there's if I want to be a little negative, I will say that Tobias Harris. Still needs to find right. his role. Yeah. Um, he did finish. He was a plus twenty-five. Um, he was actually the highest plus-minus in that game, which is interesting. But um, I think that's the only negative that I think I've noticed so far in these games that have just been overwhelmingly positive championship aspirations, like all, all that, all that good stuff. But I think Tobias really needs to to figure out figure out what his role is, especially in the unit with, there was a unit with, like, he and Harden were the only two, like, on the floor. And I yeah. forget who else it was. But that was a unit that really struggled. And, I, you know, I was like, oh, this is the Sixers that I recognize. Um, but, <laughs> you know, I just, I think t- Toby, when Toby figures it out, and I, I think he will, um, it's it's going to be very, very dangerous for teams. I mean, it, it already is, but you mentioned there's three guys that can make make their own shot. Toby can in a way. Not to that extent, Yeah. but as a fourth guy, you know, I think he can definitely you know, ma- make something happen. That, is, that um, is crazy looking back on it. In 2018-2019, Tobias Harris was the fourth option in some points, maybe even the fifth option on that team because that was when Ben was playing aggressive and trying to score the ball at least to a degree. But you had Joel Embiid. You had Jimmy Butler, who come fourth quarter, that was pretty much his offense. You had J.J. Redick, and then you had Ben Simmons. Tobias Harris 
was at best the the fourth best option scoring the ball. We then decided to give him $185 million. Uh, and then now we're in a situation where yeah, he's still getting those $185 million. And he's clearly, clearly the fourth option yeah. when it comes to Maxi, Harden, and B. Like the gap between them right now at least is massive. Yeah. And yeah, I, I just I hope that we don't wind up in a situation where we're paying this guy boatloads of money for him to be a glorified role player in a way. I have a I just want to pitch this because I did think of it. What if you put him on the bench and you start Niang? I would be fine. My only problem with that is how would that impact his confidence? Yeah. That would be a yeah. real hit. Um, especially considering last year, this was the guy for a large chunk was like the number two. He was the number two to, to Joel Embiid. Yeah. And he performed well in some spots and Overall, I mean, I felt that he took a lot of strides last year being sure. more of a leader. And then now you put him on the bench, I think that could be a real blow. That and I also don't point. think that yeah. Philly would respond well like, oh, yeah, we're paying this guy $185 million yeah. for him to come off the bench. Yeah, definitely. But, I, I mean, they definitely need to figure out rotations. Fit-wise, I mean, Niang just, you know, catch and shoot. I agree. And he, no, he's been playing really well, and he's definitely been somebody who's benefited from having Harden in there as well. For um, sure. Yeah, I don't I mean, know. It seems like the only one who hasn't is Tobias. Really? Yeah. No, seriously. <laughs> Dana, Dana Green has maybe taken a little bit of a dip. Thibault. But but Thibault is through the roof. Yeah. Maxi is through the roof. Joel is through the roof. Um, you know, I, I think that Niang and Furkan are finding their way as well. And now, <laughs> yeah, it's just a matter of Tobias. And then, yeah, maybe getting Danny Green a little bit more incorporated because Danny hasn't been able to do a whole lot just yet. Um but yeah, mainly it's it's Tobias just getting him right because he had six points on Friday night, two three pointers. I think both were assisted by James yeah, by Harden, oh, yeah. um, and then against New York on Sunday, zero points in the first half. I forget what he finished with, but it, some 12. of it was some with twelve. Yeah, some of it was garbage time. Was, yeah, yeah. But uh, I'll take whatever if it could get his confidence up a little bit. But yeah, he just you you could tell he just was not comfortable he looked like he was a little bit lost and uh yeah just was not as confident when it came to shooting and scoring the basketball so i mean look if he could get it figured out that's only an added benefit honestly i think the sixers are just fine right now without him yeah. uh, but if if the sixers could get him going i mean that would be truly an unstoppable force where you'd have the big three of harden Embiid, maxi and then, oh, yeah, their fourth best option is putting up, like, 15 points a game, 16, you know, something like that. That would be absurd. So, we'll see. Yeah, you said it, yeah. I mean, look, and he still has Doc on his side. Doc has long been the Tobias Whisperer. Yeah, and he's kind of been, like, this season, he's had great stretches, and then he's had really bad stretches. Yeah. Very wishy-washy. For so. sure. Uh, give him give him some time to adjust, and I, I think he'll be all right. And, and Harden has, it came in and said in the press conference, now mm-hmm. I don't know if this was him saying this or if this was somebody else telling him to say this, but he said, yeah, we, we got to get Tobias going. Mm-hmm. We, we got to make sure that he's good. So I, I think everybody's on the same page, and they acknowledge, yeah, Tobias is having a hard time fitting into this new offense. But if they get it they get it worked out, then this team's just going to be unstoppable. Two games. It's yeah, it's been two, two games. games. <laughs> but uh, on the flip side of that, though, the fact that it's been two games – and Harden already feels so comfortable and yeah. is doing these insane things and is putting up these massive stat lines. Like, 
It's, it's just unreal. It is just unreal. Yeah, and just one more thing if I want to add on to that before we transition. Just yeah. It's been so I – get, I guess they knew each other beforehand. I, I don't know to what extent, but the relationship between Harden and Embiid, I'm loving. Love it. They just seem yeah. like they're on the same page, you know, buddy, buddy. They click almost instantly, and I just love the, the respect and, like, the admiration that they have for each other. Like, oh. Maury was like – I think Maury had a quote um, – I think it was the basketball genius one. Yeah, he said, James is a basketball genius, and he's been wanting to play with Joel for a long time. So that makes me think back to Houston, maybe. You know, Embiid was whispering in his ear, like, hey, man, go look at that that young that young guy in Philly. You know, that young center, he's looking good. Yeah, but I agree. I just think that's that was interesting. But I, I love that. I love the their relationship, and I think it's it's a really, really, really great sign for the, the city of, of Philadelphia. Well, on top of that, their press conference the other day where Joel is drinking the water super fast. (laughs) That, I mean, I think that summed it up perfectly. That's exactly what I was thinking of when I was, when I was saying that. Yeah. So they play New York tomorrow at home. It was a home and home Sunday in MSG tomorrow at Wells Fargo. I think they could win by 30. I mean, you have to imagine they go back and watch the film and be like, Hey, we can tweak this here, tweak that right here. And, and I mean, Evan Fournier probably won't go off for 30 no, points either. No. Again, so. He actually he had a really solid game. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, Harden's first game in front of the Philly fans. Oh, yeah. He's going to want to put on the show. I think it's going to be just an insane performance. Thankfully, my I Am Basketball game, assuming we win tonight, we then play tomorrow. But it's at 6.30, not 7.30. Oh, nice. So I'd miss a little bit of the first quarter, but I can make it back. See the majority. You see the majority of the game. That's going to be a fun one. Uh, so, yeah, James Harden is a sixer. It's going incredible. And I think that the Sixers, if they keep this up, are the clear front runners to win it all. I know Phoenix is having an unbelievable season. I know the Warriors are having another great season as well now that they're getting their core group back and up and running again. But pff, the two-headed monster of Harden and Embiid, and then you throw in a guy like Tyrese Maxey as well, I just think it's an unstoppable, yeah. unbeatable force. His his energy, yeah, his, like youthful ju 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 jubilance, 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 jubilance. Yeah, there <laughs> that's you a, go. That's the word. It's just, it's it's great, and I think it's, I mean, it's irreplaceable right now. Sixers, yeah. they're feeding off it. It's great. Beautiful to see. Well, we'll be watching the game tomorrow, and we'll be back to talk about that more next week. In the meantime, we're going to take a quick transition quick break before that transition and we will be right back with no boundaries this is connor griffin zach donaldson live in studio stay tuned breaking news penn state officials announced that the proper way to start the weekend is listening in to nittany record club every friday from 4:05 p.m to 5:05 p.m from music to movies to celebrity drama Nittany Record Club is a great way to get all the scoop from the obsessed arts and entertainment department members. Make sure to tune into Com Radio at 405 for the Nittany Record Club. Tim, why are the Islanders bad now? Really? We're really going to go there right now? Are you serious? If you want to hear more of this Long Highlander complain about his team, then tune in every Tuesday from 7.30 to 8.30 with Jacob Cheris, Tim Rogers, Jordan Hashin, and Josh Bartosik 
right here on Com Radio. You're really going to put me on the spot like that, I am. You? I am. Of course. Yo, Jordan, you're not going to believe what happened last night. Dude, hang on. i got to tell you about this. No, no, no. You're going to want to hear about this, Jordan. Dude, I'm telling you, you got to let me go first, man. I mean, I, I don't even know where to start. Dude, I, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know. know, man. To hear these wacky stories and more, join Trevor and Jordan on The Game of Life Wednesday nights at 4.50 here on Calm Radio. Welcome back into No Boundaries with Zach Donaldson and Connor Griffin, right here on Com Radio. And we're back after the break. We just wrapped up talking Sixers. By the way, I did look up. James Harden is number two in the league in assists to Chris Paul. Chris Paul is averaging 10.7, James Harden 10.3. That's just absurd. Um, yeah, he is not. You haven't even heard a peep about that. Nope. Barely. So, yeah, he's just having an unreal stretch right here. Um, That reminds me real fast before we do transition into other news around the association and just talking about MVP race and post-All-Star break, all that stuff. I did put out a Twitter poll. My only Sixers jersey that I have right now is a Ben Simmons, and I I taped a Mr. Softy over the back (laughs) of it. Um, But I I do want to legitimately get a new Sixers jersey, and I was having this, this quandary. I'm like, oh. Do I pick an Embiid? Or I, I'm such on the, the Harden hype train, do I get a Harden? And I put out a Twitter poll. Harden or Embiid, which jersey do I get? I voted Embiid. You voted Embiid. Just because. Yeah. yeah. It was, I think it was 76% to 24% Embiid. Got to have the Embiid one. Yeah. It's like a staple. Plus, you know, he is the guy who got us here. And regardless of what happens with Harden, Embiid will always oh. be a Philadelphia legend. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think it'll get uh, Embiid. Maybe get I get both. Yeah, get, get, yeah get both. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, so anyway, that that was just something I wanted to address. Um, I'm going back and forth, but I, I think I am going to settle in on a, on an Embiid jersey. Just trying to figure it. out which one, though. That's I'm, the other thing. The color is the next, so that's the next one. That was, that was what was holding me up. I was like, oh, I, I really want to get a hardened one, but I don't – I'm not a huge fan of the way the number one looks in the Spectrum jerseys. Weird take that I have. I, What's I would, the spectrum? Is that the, the the navy blue ones, the new oh, alternate the ones? Oh, yeah. spe- I call them city. Oh yeah, city spectrum. Know, yeah. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. So anyway, yeah. I was like, I don't necessarily like the way the number one looks in the spectrum jerseys, but I like the way the number twenty one looks. There you go. So I might get uh, an Embiid city spectrum jersey, and then if I were to get a Harden jersey on top of that, I would get just like a generic blue or white, probably. Yeah. That's a, that's a good move. I have the blue Embiid. I want a hard one, and I want a maxi one. Yeah. I'm thinking the maxi Spectrum one. That could I think be, the zero looks cool. That and could be dope. Harden. I have a blue one. I'll probably just get a white one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Big three. I don't see many people in whites, but I like the whites. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. It gets dirty. But, you know, yeah. I don't want to have two of the same. And that's the red. Eh. I like the color red, but I don't like the, the cursive. The filler. Fair. Anywho. That's just a little side yeah, debate. Yeah. But uh, let, let's talk some more talk around the NBA. Because John Morant last night put up 52 points on 22 of 30 shooting, had seven rebounds. 
And uh, I believe they got the win against the Spurs, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 118 to 105. Obviously, the Spurs not having that great of a season. But the Grizzlies now, 43 and 20. And after that job performance, you got to at least consider him as maybe one of the the late entries into the MVP conversation. But many people are also looking at it now like, okay, yeah, is John Morant maybe the best point guard in the league? I don't know exactly where you fall on that, but I would be curious to hear your take. Yeah, I saw an interesting graphic, and I wish I had it, but I'm trying to find it. It was comparing John Morant's season with Derrick Rose's MVP season. Yeah. And basically to sum it all up, Job was better in every statistical category. Um, obviously, you know, D. Rose is one of the most high-flying, regarded as one of the most high-flying, you know, young guards and whose career was tragically, you know, taken away by injuries. But I... Ja Morant, the things that that this guy is doing, he, he, I, t- I think his name's been kind of hovering around the conversation all year. Just you know how he's got the Grizzlies. Um, I mean, the Grizzlies are a good team. Don't get yeah. me wrong. Like without Ja, I think they'd without Ja, they I don't know if they'd be in the playoffs, but I think they'd still be a you know a respectable opponent. I'd um, say so. But regardless, the season that that this guy is is having is is just unreal the things he's doing at at his age are are just unreal and last night the dude probably arguably had the dunk of the year and the play of the year yeah in one game which it's ridiculous the you (laughs) literally a a a game of john morant highlights just a game that john morant plays in probably has more highlights than most guys will have in their entire career (laughs) which is it's just absurd to me and the the best point guard in the league i didn't i haven't i didn't really think about that i i saw some people saying that they're like if you don't think that john morant is already a a top three top two point guard in the league you're lying to yourself i mean that's such a i don't know who you would actually consider like a point guard well and that's the the positions are kind of interchangeable i i don't consider john morant a traditional point guard i really don't I wouldn't say he's a traditional one either, no. I, I think... The modern, one more modern. I, I think the one of the best point guards ever, and you could make the argument as the best point guard ever, is Chris Paul in terms of his passing and, and his facilitating ability. I, I view guard. him yeah. pass first, score second type of guy. Chris Paul, like John Stockton, like those types John of St- guys. Yes, exactly. Um, I, yeah, I don't view John Morant and that's a very apt comparison, too, between John Morant and Derrick Rose. Neither have been traditional point guards in their life in the sense that they do really like to attack. Um, and they do like to strike, and they, they do like to focus on scoring as opposed to facilitating and passing. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, their offense and them being as much of an offensive threat as they are does create opportunities for other people, but... Yeah, that they're not looking. I think John Morant right now is averaging six point six assists or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's the least he's ever had in his career. Like he's been declining as he becomes more proficient offensively. Um, obviously, it's a very young career, so there's not much sample data. But still, it's the least of his career. So he, he likes to go to the basket, and I do fear a little bit. You know, yeah, he's playing great right now, 
But how long can that last? You, you look at a guy like Derrick Rose. Yeah. Ran into a ton of injuries. You know, Ja has not been free of injuries so far. So we'll see exactly how it goes. But as of right now, yeah, I think you could put him up there in terms of, you know, not the best point guard. But, yeah, definitely probably top five based off of how he's been performing this year. He's insane. He'd probably, I mean, you could probably put him at one. I mean, Luca, arguably put Luca there. Steph. I mean, started off, but he's kind of, you know, dipped. Trey. but you look at the you look at the the shooting ability. John Morant is not going to you know knock your socks off with him shooting the basketball. No, that that's where I, I kind of struggle when it comes to oh yeah, can you put him at number one because he's not you know facilitating as well as other players in the league are facilitating. We just got done talking about James Harden, how he has ten point three assists and is creating all this offense um, while still being able to get his. That's not John Morant right now. And then on top of that, shooting the basketball, he does not have as reliable of a jumper as other people do. So that's why I kind of struggle putting him in the top, you know, two, three, whatever. But I, I'll, I'll say I'll put him at five. And when you have a performance like that last night to, you know, add on to an already remarkable season, both for you and for your team, yeah, I, I, you, know, you, you can get that type of consideration. But I'm not there just yet. Not there just yet on John Morant. But I'm hoping to see more from him. Yeah. I and mean, I mean, and look at how he's been doing compared to Zion Williamson and Zion Williamson's career. I mean, light years ahead, and he's actually playing. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's wild. He's 22. That is crazy. He's 22. I'm going to be 22 in like four months. <laughs> I'm already 22. Uh, no big deal. <laughs> how does it feel? Uh, it feels, it feels <laughs> swell. And then, yeah, my, my girlfriend, who I mentioned a little bit before, she just turned 22. On Friday, so oh, yeah. happy happy belated birthday to her! Thank you very much. I'm sure she will appreciate it if she's listening. Probably not, uh, but anyway, yeah. So that that was just something that I wanted to bring up. That was a huge game last night. Yeah. One of the best performances of the year. Two of the greatest highlight plays of the year. And uh, I guess yeah, we'll we'll shift that into just overall MVP conversations. I have seen Jokic get a lot of love recently, uh, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. And that that's always the tough thing, too. It's like, okay, there's the reigning MVP. They have done everything the same as last year when they won the MVP, if not better. Automatically, like, uh, I, I see a lot of people saying, how are you going to take the MVP away from him if he's improving statistically in every single category and he won the MVP last year? That's what happened with Giannis, too, where it was like, okay, I guess it was maybe 20... 2019-2020, where like LeBron James was having an unbelievable mm-hmm. season, but Giannis was just coming off an MVP, and he was better in every single category than his MVP season. How do you not give it to Giannis? I don't care how good of a season LeBron James is having. I saw people saying that. I think it's kind of the same thing this year, where Joel Embiid yeah, is playing some of the best basketball that we've ever seen from a sixer, from a big man, but the reigning MVP is also having a phenomenal season, even better than last year. It's a good argument. I'm just curious where exactly you think Jokic falls right now because he's the guy I see threatening Embiid the most. Yeah, I would say he is just because, like you said, the reigning MVP, he's having a a great season. And he's got the Nuggets right now, sixth in the West, 36 and 25, right in the thick of things. And that's without 
Jamal Murray and, and Michael Porter Jr. Like yeah. You, you you look at what Joel Embiid did without Simmons, obviously, you know, really elevated his game about like two months ago, maybe now, to just a whole nother level, and really took the Sixers to a whole nother level, and had them in you know relevant, you know, championship contention talks now obviously more so because James Harden is on board but really what Jokic has been doing with 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 Denver is just just as impressive I mean Jamal Murray that's a a huge piece a huge piece for them Uh, I mean remember they knocked off the Clippers in the playoffs that was in the bubble you know might have been a little bit funky irregular but they knocked off the Clippers came back from 3-1 and Nuggets were looking like a a real real force in, in that series and you know, they thought Michael Porter Jr. would pick up that slack a little bit this year, but once again, he's not able to stay on the court. Nikola Jokic is unfazed, and, you know, the Nuggets are, are, are right there. Sixers, you know, I would say a, a hair better. Um, they are a hair better, and they have exactly one more win. <laughs> but yeah. definitely, I think, more more better now with, with James Harden. We'll see how the rest of the season shakes out. But it's it's really... It's this is a really it's a neck and neck debate. It really is, and these last twenty, twenty or so games are really going to be telling for who takes home the award. I think this is one of the most like I feel like Jokic Embiid is like it's like the new it's like the new LeBron KD. It's not obviously to that you know that extent of right. like legend status, um, but. I think just two very similar players who, you know, you don't necessarily have to knock one to to praise the other, but someone's got to win the award. And, right. And right now, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give the I'm gonna give the edge to I still give the edge to Embiid just because of the the level that he's taken his game to the last couple months in, but he's got to keep it up. Mm-hmm. He needs to keep it up to keep the voters' eyes on him and away from you know the the model of consistency that Nikola Jokic is. Well, so let me ask you a question then. Do you think James Harden coming to Philly hurts Embiid's claim for an MVP? Because now, even though he's still going to be putting yeah. up the same numbers, you look at what you brought up with Jokic, how he's literally willing this team completely by himself. Do you think the voters maybe lean more towards Jokic because of that and because Embiid has more help? Yeah, you know, it's, it's very possible. Um, it's very possible, and like you said, the the numbers might not uh, decrease; they might even in- inflate. Um, but it definitely does take some of the. Um, I don't know what word I'm what word I'm looking for, the the meaningfulness of the most valuable player. Like yeah. The the phrase "most valuable player" takes away a little bit from that because you have James Harden, you know, helping. And taking some of the the stress off you, so I think definitely that has to um, that has to, to to be a factor in some of these these voters' minds. And then, but 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 really, it's it's, it's this is a close race, man. I th- and I think I think John Moran, we just talked about him. If he keeps this up, maybe he could squeak his way into there. I mean, it's a it's a it's a rapid pace yeah. to keep up, and it, it might be might be too late. But Grizzlies are third in the West. You know he's he's got the team success. He's definitely got the the media attention. Um, they've been that's been his media's glory boy this this year has been has been John Moran. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, and then you got a guy like Giannis too, who's I think always going to be a household name in the MVP conversations. 
from here on out. Um, I put DeMar DeRozan close. I was going to bring up DeMar. Yeah, I put DeMar DeRozan up there. He honestly, he might be my, my number three. I Between, I, I put Embiid, Jokic, maybe DeRozan. Um, yeah, there's a there's a lot of guys that that could that could you know make a case, but I really think it's between those those five at this juncture in the season, um, Luca. But I just think too little, too late for for Mr. Doncic. I agree. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's gonna be it's it's gonna be a very interesting end to the season in in that regard. Demar Derozan. 28.3 points a game. He had eight straight games where he racked up 35 points or more, shooting 50% or better. Pretty solid. And no other Chicago Bull has accomplished that feat. Wow. That, I mean... <laughs> Actually, I take that back. No player in league history had been able to accomplish that. So, there you go. Not Yeah, not even MJ... And uh, nobody else in league history was able to do that. Eight straight games of 35 points or more on 50% shooting or more. Wild. So we definitely have an interesting race. Steph Curry also in the mix as well. Uh, And who knows? Devin Booker, now that Chris Paul is down, maybe Devin Booker is able to separate himself. And, you know, he already has the best team in the league by far in terms of record. You know, could he really improve his own individual uh, acclaim, I guess you could say, and possibly, (laughs) potentially win uh, or edge himself into that MVP discussion. We'll see. But we we do have to go to a a break real fast, and then we'll come back and we'll – actually, I want to talk some more basketball. We had some crazy college basketball uh, this weekend. We're now into March, March Madness, and then also Penn State basketball. Uh, Not coming off the best game. Yeah. on Sunday so we can touch on that and we'll wrap up the show so just, uh, oh my god I'm screwing up everything I can't even get the ending tagline out this is no boundaries stay with us this is Connor Griffin Zach Donaldson I'm speaking very slow so I don't mess up we'll be back after the break hey Connor how you doing oh hey Preston I'm freaking out I'm in charge of finding a fundraiser for my club and I have no idea what to do have you called the Locker Room? The Locker what? Locker Room Sports and Promotions in Holidaysburg. They specialize in spirit wear fundraising and team uniforms, including t-shirts, hats, sweatshirts, and more. You could raise money for your club and look good at the same time. Oh wow, that's amazing. Do they do custom screen printing? Yep, and custom embroidery too. They also carry various sporting equipment. Well, how can I find them? You can find them on Facebook at Locker Room Sports and Promotions or on their website, mylockerroom1.com. You can even give them a call at 814-695-8515. That's great. We'll be the best-dressed club on campus. Thanks, man. Locker Room Sports and Promotions. Every season, every game begins and ends in the locker room. Hey, you. Yeah, you. You're looking for some sports talk radio, but what with a little different flair to it? Something with a little, I don't know, a little New York attitude to it? Well, I got the perfect show for you. It's New York State of Mind. It's on Com Radio, Monday 7 to 8, where you can kick back with Pat and Mitch as they break down all that's going on in sports. New York State of Mind, 7 to 8 on Com Radio. 
Will Alex Ovechkin pass Wayne Gretzky to become the leading goal scorer of all time? Will Chase Young become the next great defensive player in the NFL? Which DC team will be the next to bring a championship back to the nation's capital? Tune into District of Champions to hear host Nolan Wick discuss these topics and more every Tuesday from 3.30 to 4 o'clock p.m. only on Com Radio. Media Center. It's Zach Donaldson and Connor Griffin talking all sports, anytime, any place, no boundaries. Right here on Com Radio. And we're back here on No Boundaries for our final segment of the afternoon, evening, whatever you want to call it. Um, pretty wild day in college basketball Saturday. Each of the top six teams lost for the first time in history. It's pretty wild. So Gonzaga lost to St. Mary's by 10, 67 to 57. Um, I know Arizona lost as well. I can't even keep track of all the losses that there were. Arizona, uh, was it Kentucky? Kentucky was another one. They lost to Arkansas in a close one, 75 to 73. Kansas they lost by 10 to Baylor, although it was Baylor. Baylor's ranked number 10 in the country, so it wasn't that huge of an upset. Mm-hmm. Purdue, Purdue yeah. lost to unranked Michigan State. Um, Auburn lost to Tennessee. That was another ranked matchup. That was another good game, too, 67-62. And then, um, yeah, like I said, Arizona losing by 16 to unranked Colorado. And then, of course, the big one, Gonzaga losing to St. Mary's. That was another ranked matchup, too, but still 67-57. Mm-hmm. to 57 number one team of the country. Gonzaga has been dominant. Um, and yeah, they went down to St. Mary's. So crazy Saturday. It wasn't even March at that point. Now it is March here on March 1st. And there's that clip going around of the uh, the Jalen Suggs, Jalen Suggs, Jalen Suggs buzzer beater uh, last year in the Final Four where yeah, Bill Raftery is going, there are onions and then there are major onions. <laughs> what a kiss. Oh, it's so great. Um, Legendary. But, yeah, so I, I love that. Meanwhile, I just saw the audio waves go crazy when I just did that. I apologize. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so we're in March. Are you excited for March Madness? Were you excited after checking out those games on Saturday? <laughs> oh, oh, man. Yeah. yeah, you said it. That was my that was my first thought. It was, this isn't even March yet. Yeah. <laughs> we still got two days till March. I, I, I really think that, though, in all seriousness, is gearing us up, setting up what could be an epic March. Yeah. Like there have been these, yes, they all happen to lose on the same day, which has never happened before. But there have, in all reality, been upsets across, like upsets galore across college basketball this year. Yeah. Top teams being knocked around in, in the standings. I I didn't watch. I did watch the Gonzaga State uh, St. Mary's game. Um, I had a couple broadcasts on Saturday. I was busy. I couldn't tune in um, to any of these, but. Yeah, it was state patty, so I probably wouldn't have been tuning in anyways. Yeah, <laughs> but I did watch the Gonzaga uh, St. Mary's game, um, and uh, it was it was a good one. It was a very good one. St. Mary's at home take taking down the the number one Zags. What inch? What was very? I, I turned it on. They were down ten, and I was like, oh, okay, they're probably gonna pull. They're probably gonna you know come back and, and pull this out. Um, 
I was like, oh, they got Chet, Chet Holmgren. Yeah. My, my guy Chet and then Drew Timmy. They, these guys are going to get it done. But lo, lo, lo and behold, I turned it on. St. Mary's did not give up anything. Uh, Gonzaga made a little bit of a run at the end. But, um, yeah, St. Mary's hit some some epic threes. And it was a good game. And it just it just really put me put me in the college basketball mood. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a good March. I'll tell you one team that won't be playing in in March in any meaningful basketball March. It's it's Penn State, uh, lost by what was it twenty three to Nebraska. I think it was ninety three to seventy. I might be getting the scores mixed. Yeah, ninety three yeah, to seventy. Yeah, yeah in so. their last game at home. I I thought, you know what, last game at home. It'll be our last game at the Bryce Jordan Center. Uh, well, yeah, for I mean, I'm graduating in the spring. Like, this is going to be my last game ever for Penn State basketball. I'm going to go. And then I got busy on Sunday. I was like, ah, I guess I won't be able to. Thank goodness I did not. I did not want to spend money going to see that game, 93-70. to 70. To the oh worst God, team in the Big Ten, they, I think they were 1-15 or 1-16 in the conference, Nebraska was. And they come out and they just rout the Nittany Lions. That, that was never a contest. Penn State was fall, far behind in that entire game. And, uh, you know, I, I liked seeing John Hara, you know, put the team, try and put the team on his back. Like, he was rallying. He was, like, crying. He was, like, so visibly frustrated by how bad they were playing. I liked seeing that from players. But it, it didn't mean anything in the end. And then, yeah, Shrewsbury said after the game, he was like, I sucked. It's like, yeah, you, you lost by 23 to the worst team in the conference in the last home game of the season. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. Did you watch any of that game or no? I did not. Good. Like you, thankfully. Yeah, good. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I saw some of the, the buzz going on on Twitter about it, though, and definitely, definitely a sour ending to what I think has been a, a pretty great year for, for Shrewsbury, all things considered. First-year head coach. Um, and definitely, you know, just a sour ending for the the season, and especially, I mean, my guy John Hara, our guy John Hara, Penn I love State's John guy, Hare, yeah. he is the heart and soul of, of Penn State basketball, and it just crushes me that, you know, even going back to the, I hate, I hate to bring this up, but even going back to the the COVID when COVID struck and they missed the tournament, yeah, I mean, it just crushes me to to see a guy like that who just wants to compete, wants to win, just bleeds blue and white to just uh, suffer a crushing loss like that. It, it really it, it's really unfortunate. Um but hey, they're not they're not done yet. <laughs> they got the Big 10 tournament, maybe a potential NIT bid. You know, you never know. A couple Big 10 teams might be in the in the running for an NIT bid. Um but yeah, just a you know a, a bad ending to overall it was a good year for for Shrewsbury and um, I'd say a decent year for the Nittany Lions. I think decent to actually yeah. on decent. I think that's a, a good word just for the new coach to hold just a, a roster of uh, just a bunch of players who had never even you know seen the court together. Yeah, they they had a complete yeah. overhaul of the team. Exactly, yeah. and a complete overhaul of the staff. You know, it makes sense. I'm, yeah, I'm glad, though. I am glad he, he came back, Hera. I'm glad Hera came back. Same. I'm, I'm glad, you know, Lundy and well, Dredd Dred was staying. Lundy, Sessoms. I don't think Sessoms ever entered either. Um, but really just, you know, Hera, I'm glad he came back. And, you know, he's he's going to – people people will remember him for sure. Yeah. He's definitely definitely etched himself uh, – his, etched his name in the, the Penn State hoops. 
history books. Maybe not, you know, on the stat sheet numbers wise, but definitely his leadership and yeah. his improvement too from the time he got mm-hmm. here. Stellar glue guy, glue guy. So yeah, they go on the road. They play Illinois, who's top twenty-five team, and then they go and they play uh, Rutgers right after that to close out the season. So we'll see. We'll see. But, yeah, season wraps up March 6th, which I believe is a Sunday. And, yeah, I don't know if they're going to be going on a run in the tournament, in the Big Ten tournament, that is, but who knows. Uh, real quick, we'll, we'll shift over to baseball. There was a proposal today uh, that was was declined by the players. I think it was declined by the players. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because there is still this lockout going on, and it does not seem like there is – anything going there were reports yesterday saying oh yeah there's momentum towards a deal but of course that deal was struck down today so that means i know it's guaranteed that there won't be the first two series of the season but it could go manfred came out and said oh yeah no it's it could go up to a month of no games gosh man rob manfred is the worst commissioner yeah he's he's of any sport he was dead to me two years ago and now he's dead to me again He's de- he, he he's sucks. deader to me. He sucks. Yeah. He's destroying baseball. How do you have somebody who hates the game of baseball running the major league baseball? <laughs> it's never made sense to me. Yeah. Just I mean, I don't I I don't have all the all the X's and O's. My laptop actually just died. Oh. Um, for some reason, it's plugged in. It's not charging. The ports on it are, are all messed up. It's an old one. Um, but just bottom line is, like. Didn't he? Didn't he say that? Didn't he say that himself too? Yeah. Canceling games would be what word did he use? Disastrous, something. Like yeah, that. he said it would be. We we can't afford to cancel games. Yeah, he and said. Now he's saying, oh yeah, we're willing to hold out for a month. Like yeah. what? He said it'd be disastrous for the sport. And now he's literally laughing. He's making jokes and in, in the press conferences when he's asked questions by media members about this. This is a it's a sad day for baseball, man. Yeah. It really is. And the stars are coming out. Saying this is ridiculous. Bryce Harper's going to play in Japan. Yeah, I mean, might as well. You got to stay in shape. You got to stay in baseball shape. Um, oh, just on top of that, too, I baseball pisses me off in so many ways. You look at a league like the NBA. I know. Who cares so much about their stars, where the stars are the selling point. These greedy, selfish owners in the MLB hold that sport back so much. And just in general, the sport of baseball, this whole, oh, it's a gentleman's game. Shut up. It's holding the game back so it much is. in these unwritten rules. It Stop is. it. It's so so much of a joke. When I was younger, it used to be – it was my favorite. Baseball might have been my favorite when I was Same. younger. And now it's just completely took a nosedive. Yeah. And you're right. It's sad. It's sad. It could be so much better. It could be so much better. We'll see. We'll see if it's getting worked out anytime soon. I don't think it will be. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we just had to touch on that because all that stuff was happening right before we went on air. So uh, we'll wrap up with that. But – Anything you saw that was interesting today, social media and the news that you wanted to bring up, anything in your personal life? I did not see anything in the news. I mean, I did see stuff in the news, but nothing that I felt would be juicy enough to bring up on the air. But juicy. I will share to my listeners that well, this is going to be our last show before spring break. Yeah. Won't be recording next week, which kind of kind of sucks. We lose NFL free agencies on the horizon. Yeah. Uh, so it was obviously March Madness. Combine. Which we talked about. Combine, too. Um, but, yeah, spring break is next week, and I'm super pumped because I'm going on a cruise. Ooh. First cruise I've ever been on. We leave Miami. 
Monday morning. It's a uh, it's a four day, five yeah four day five night. We get two days in the Bahamas. That's one awesome. day at sea, one day in Miami. Yeah, yeah it's I, my girlfriend's birthday too. Oh, one of the days. So that's gonna be electric. It's exciting. Yeah, I don't think I could take a full week at sea. I like a four or yeah. five day type of thing. Yep. Yeah, we got we got some stops. We got some adventures, some excursions to go on. I love that. I'm just trying to get through this week, man. Same. <laughs> Scrape through this week. That's hype. Yeah. What about you? Anything? Or it, anything you want to share? Well, I'm I'm taking a road trip to South Carolina by myself, so that should be a good Dang, time. Man, that's fun too. Love the open road and just For, yeah, just driving. Yeah. Just any final destination or. Well, Charleston. I'll be in Charleston just to see family. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so anyway, I'll be doing that. But it's also the two-year anniversary of the Taco Bell vigil, uh, which I wanted to bring up because that was one wow. of the funniest moments I've ever been a part of uh, and definitely a moment that I will look back on forever and really was the last moment of normalcy here on campus before COVID. Like, that will go down. Yeah, we're, we're approaching that March 10th. I think it was March 10th. Yeah, yeah, March 10th or March 11th or 12th, like whenever it was where we got the news. I go, yeah, no, NBA is shut down. Uh, Tom Hanks has COVID. And then, of course, Penn State follows up. And it's like, oh, yeah, we're online for two weeks. So, yeah, we're approaching all that, the two-year anniversary. It's wild. So just wanted to, to put that out there. Taco Bell Vigil, pour one out today. Uh, pour a Baja Blast out. Two-year anniversary. Yeah, remembrance. Yeah. yeah. Two-year anniversary. Hopefully, you know, this is the – this, the, the end hopefully is near with the CDC coming out with some new masking guidelines. Yeah, we'll Maybe see. we'll be unmasked when we come back from oh, spring break. Don't tempt me, Zach. <laughs> um, but I'm going to take it off right here. Yeah, it is funny because, yeah, we've barely seen each other without spring. a mask this year. And every single time I see him, I'm like, oh, yeah, you have a mustache. Uh, Did you shave? Oh, you yeah, shaved it. Anymore. There you go. There I had you some on-camera stuff this weekend. I, I, I told you I wanted to look right. my best. I didn't know when that would be. So, yeah. okay, congratulations. It'll there be you back. go. All right, yeah, it'll be yeah. back for spring break. Um, but, yeah, where can they find you, Zach? You can find me on all social platforms at Zach Donaldson underscore, and make sure to follow the show's account at N0Boundaries. You can listen to this again if you please. And you can find me at Real C. Griff, not the fake C. Griff, the real one. And, uh, yeah, that's all I got. So until after spring break, I hope you have a good cruise. Um, this has been No Boundaries. Zach Donaldson, Connor Griffin, and we'll see you in two weeks. Peace out, everybody. Be safe.